Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75 two time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer, and an alum that is likely sad about the current state of the Dallas Cowboys. The one, the only Tony Casillas, TC. What up? You know what? I am, uh, I, I guess I'm. I guess I'm accepting that this is just going to be a, a really, really bad year. So I, I, you know, you may say that, but I guess I've just come to the conclusion that this is going to be the norm. Uh, this is on a Monday, in which our show will be on uh, broadcast on Tuesday. Uh, so yeah, I think I'm tired of having that feeling. But you know, after last night and watching that, it's uh, it's going to get worse. But guess what? Guess who's coming to town? That's right. The, uh, the, the Pittsburgh <laughs> the Steelers. Steelers will visit the Cowboys this week uh, in week nine. You mentioned it. We're recording on Monday. The podcast will drop on Tuesday. Before we get into the game, uh, just, just to lift spirits a little bit, Tony, I want to ask, what'd you do with your extra hour that you got over the weekend? I saw uh, you had a, a nice Halloween get up with your wife. Uh, you were quite proud of the costume. It feels like, it feels like the Casillas really go all out for Thanksgiving. Like, you you, know you do Thanksgiving I, more than most people. Yeah, I mean, well, not, uh, Halloween. Not Halloween. Like so. I, I think that Halloween should be an official holiday because I think every year we're all in. I mean, from my, from myself and my wife and you know my kids, we're all been into the spirit. And I think this year, RJ, I think more because of just what's been going on. So mm-hmm. we went to a Halloween party, and I, it, it was it, it couldn't come at a better time as far as fall, you know, moving the clocks back. Right. Because I was able to get a little extra. Because I, you know, a little overindulge this a little bit. And yeah. That's what you do. I well, mean, you, your you birthday was last week. It's a good yeah. time to be Tony Casillas. So, it, so it's my birth month. I, it's kind of like, you know, my, my wife does that. And I'm thinking, hey, at least I can have two birth weeks. So uh, it was just kind of a carryover. But, uh, yeah, I, I think we all need something to just get away from all the, you know, all the, the crud going on in our world right now. And, you know, the Cowboys football is not that good. Uh, so I think it was, it comes at a great time. So I was able to recover to answer your question. I was able mm. to recover a little longer after, you know, a night out of, you know, celebrating Halloween. <laughs> good for you, Tony. Good for you. You look good. Uh, you look like the colors back in your face. I don't know if that was the case on Sunday, maybe, you know, maybe not as much, but you, you look good here on Monday morning. Well, it's funny because, you know, my hair is getting gray, but, uh, we did, my wife and I went as Don, she went as Donatello and I went with John, as Johnny, Johnny Versace. And if you don't know if any, you know, familiar with him, obviously people know that he's a, a designer that. Yeah, you're you know, talking not off. the Ninja Turtle Donatello. No, no, this is Johnny the Versace, the guy right. that was uh, murdered in his, his mansion, mansion in Miami. But anyway, um, so my wife, we like I said, we go all out. So I'm doing all this like costume designs and sure. super gluten is you know, those little medallions to my, my shoes and everything. I mean, cause you know, I'm just trying to represent. Trying to have fun. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm, uh, so she's got this, cause he's, you know, he's, his hair's gray, grayer than mine. So I'm spraying all this gray in my hair and everything. And, and I was telling him, I said, you know what? I don't look too bad with gray hair. She goes, well, if you could be like that, if you didn't color it, I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> I don't do it on top. I do it on the sides. Cause I don't want that wingtip look, but, uh, yeah, so it was fun, man. I again, I love Halloween, and I really think we should consider making it a, a legal holiday. Uh, well, I am. Um, yeah, you know, how was yours, of, by the way? You, I know you and your wife have been in your house what about six months now? Uh, we moved in in July, and so um, yeah, everything's kind of stable. Um, actually, Saturday night was rather chill. Um, no trick or treaters. No, no trick or treaters. Yeah. Which uh, when when you've got a, a dog, you start to appreciate the times the doorbell doesn't ring. 
Um, but just just kind of chilled. Um, actually, I, I got a chance to, to, you know, cruise through the DVR with a couple of brews in hand. You know, that it's, it's a rare night in, in my house, at least. So um, I enjoyed that and uh, woke up on Sunday. And, and honestly, this this past Sunday, Tony, is my favorite kind of Sunday because you get you know, I play fantasy football. A lot of people play fantasy football, obviously. Um, and so I enjoy when you get to watch the Red Zone channel all day long. Oh, right? I love it the just, Red Zone. That's all I do. I, oh, I, I mean, it's I'm awesome. to the couch. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so <laughs> you, you watch it all day long. You, you get a quick shower, you know, right in maybe the third quarter of the afternoon games. And then it's time to go to work. It's time to sit down and watch the Cowboys play. And look, we didn't we didn't come into this expecting much. Um, you, you were, you know. I, I saw a great edit, um, and, and the name is escaping me of who tweeted it out, so apologies. We did uh, post it on the Blog of the Boys Instagram story. A great edit, Tony, of Ben DiNucci, and somebody had had put the Gucci logo, like, all over his jersey. Um, pe- people calling him Gucci DiNucci, the Nooch, had a lot of fun nicknames. And I, I want to be clear, in case there was any misunderstanding by the world, nobody thought in in real thought that Ben DiNucci was going to be awesome. It was just fun. You know, we, we were allowing ourselves to have some fun last week uh, with the hysteria that the, the Cowboys have become this year. Um, and while Ben DiNucci played poorly, Tony, I do believe that this was the, the most well-coached that the Cowboys have looked under Mike McCarthy. I'm curious if you agree with that. And I'm I not saying they, they look great. It's just the bar is that low. I'll... I'll agree. I think that the energy, there was more passion there. There was more sense of urgency, I thought, at the beginning of the game. Uh, right away, you, you, you could see that they did not want to exploit their quarterback because mm-hmm. he just can't. He's not ready, and I don't know if he'll ever be ready. That will be, remain to be seen. And so I like the play call, and I think that they did a lot of, you know, different – uh, you know, play action and just did everything. In a lot the of trick box. plays. Let every, yeah, they let I mean, everybody had, touch the ball. Yeah, and so I, in aspect, and I really felt like when you watched the, the defense play, I thought that they it was their best performance, without a doubt. And totally. That's, that's saying a lot considering how bad they've been this year. Four takeaways. And so in that aspect, I saw that there was a lot of a lot more – they they wanted to have respect themselves more. And they played with a little – you know, they were mad and energy. And so if you want to – if you want to go that, go with that. I agree with that. I don't know if that comes from the coaches or just the players who got sick of just getting killed every week by the media. Well, so we talked about the trick plays. It did feel like Kellen Moore, I don't want to say like through the kitchen sink at Philly, but it felt like Kellen Moore dug deeper in the barrel, right? Like said, okay, you know, we're, we're going to have to get weird. I mean, that that's all we've got. And yeah, I think maybe the Cowboys went a little too far. Um, but, but I still, I, I support and endorse the effort defensively. You're right. Clearly their best performance, way more turnovers than anybody has seen in a single game all season long. Tony, the Cowboys had through the first seven games, whole games, one interception. They got two interceptions in this one game in its own. Shout out to Carson Wentz, of course. Trayvon Diggs got them both. He's now got some interceptions on his young career. Um, and, and again, I, I think I said this uh, on our postgame show. I think this is a game that Andy Dalton wins because the defense played well enough against this team in the Eagles to win. I thought the offensive line held up. Terrence Steele certainly had some moments, but but they looked like an NFL 
quality at, at, I mean, I'm talking the bare minimum level offensive line. So I think a, a veteran quarterback who's been there, who's done that, at least gives the Cowboys a better chance than Ben DiNucci did. There were so many people, Tony, on Twitter hating on Ben DiNucci. Like, how's this dude in the NFL? Like, dude, he was, this was never supposed to happen. Like, he's a rookie seventh round pick from James Madison. I mean, it, it was, it was never going to be good. You know what I mean? And that's why I think it went better than maybe you, anybody should have expected. Yeah, I think that, look, I, your expectation, you know, I, I made fun on Twitter. It would be great to have a quarterback controversy after this game. Of Andy <laughs> I mean, I was throwing everything out there. I was trying to be optimistic. And, and look, I, no one's expecting him. You know, he's a seventh-round draft pick. No one's expecting him to be Tom Brady. Right. But the, the sidearm, I referred this as it looked like he was skipping rocks or whatever. The way is his delivery, and I know that he was trying to make plays, and God bless him, and, you know, that's – you know, that's kind of the things that go along with being a quarterback, especially yeah. a rookie. I, I, with Kellen Moore, though, there's a couple things. One thing for sure that I thought that he did not do. He did not use the running backs in the passing game enough. I thought that, you know, I thought Tony Pollard was a better, a better run threat than Zeke Elliott. I don't know about Zeke. There's something about Zeke. And I guess if you watch Alvin Kamara, you pl- watch him play and you're like compare running backs to him. That dude is amazing. So – I didn't really see enough of that. I think that, you know, I was, I was questioning you know, whether Danucci could throw a damn slant route because I didn't really see too many slant routes. But then I thought if he tries to try, try you know, side-on delivery across the middle of the field, they'll get it batted down. But, you know, that's uh, – you know, I'm going a little bit far with that. But the point is, is that there, there was no threat of any offensive vertical threat down the field. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately – I mean, when you're – a defensive team and you have a quarterback that's so bad. And again, I guess it's not his fault. I mean, but I mean, he is starting the game. So you would think him be able to make some of these really just, you know, high, you know, high probability passes, if you will, and um, high percentage or whatever that may be. And I just didn't see enough of that. I did feel bad for the wide receivers because man, I just know as a wide receiver out there running the routes and your quarterback, you, he said, God, this guy has no shot in hell to mm-hmm. throw a completion to me. It's, um, it's kind of like, you know, people, I'm not this person, but I'm, I'm sure you've seen somebody that has like a sports car and they, they buy the literal like bubble for, you know, I'm talking like the oxygenated bubble they keep in their garage so that it, you know, it stays in perfect condition. That's the Cowboys. put a cover on it in the garage. Right. Yeah. That's those kind of people. Yeah. That's the Cowboys <laughs> wide receiver group. They're, they're this incredible group that just doesn't have anybody that can get it to them. And, and that's unfortunate. Um, I want to talk about Zeke because you're right. Th- this has become... I don't want to say a joke or a bit, but it's it's a thing, and it's a thing for a reason. Do do I or you believe that Zeke Elliott is bad? No, we don't. Yeah, you know, that's not. I don't think that's what we're saying. But it is clear that he is that that, that something is a muck. It. I agree with you. I think Tony Pollard. It's it's obvious that he is right now for whatever reason a better runner, and he's maybe better in the past games. He cut another costly drop in this game. And so this we've seen this, Tony. The Cowboys, they commit to guys. Zeke Elliott on offense, Jalen Smith on defense. They pay them, and so they force the issue because that's the guy they paid. I'm not saying bench Zeke, don't ever use him, whatever, but, I mean, he's the, the days where Zeke is your, like, workhorse that you're going to have have 30 – 35 touches those days are gone and you can be upset that you gave him that contract you should be upset if you're the Cowboys but 
don't don't double down just because you you want to double down you know what i mean like and that that's why as as encouraged as i was from the coaching staff that that they made a little bit of lemonade out of these lemons it's those decisions that are still really troubling yeah and and i just uh he was hesitant and i don't think that you know, I, I think if you uh, Zeke has to try to carry the load, he's literally, I mean, he needs to try to carry this team and he just doesn't have the energy and, and, and body language to me is very important. And you can kind of sense that. And I mean, they made reference to this during the game that, you know, the crease is there and he's going the other direction. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if something's happened to his instincts or something. This seems to me there's not this second, second gear. I mean, he had second, third gear. I mean, there's no home run threat. I mean, we're talking about, you know, Zeke, you know, three or four years ago when, you know, younger. I mean, he's not old, but quarterback, his life shelf's not that – or, excuse me, running back, his life shelf's not that long. But you just don't see that. You don't see that acceleration. You see the crease, you're like, bam, hit the hole. I mean, you just don't see that. You don't see that one-yard game making it, you know, know, creating – making a one-yard game to a six-yard game. You just don't see that urgency there. What do you think of Terrence Steele? I, I do I do think this was a better performance overall from the Cowboys offensive line. A lot of that was obviously that Zach Martin returned, uh, rising tide that lifts all boats, so to speak. Um, and again, th- this it's it's like it's not fair to hate on Ben DiNucci, right? Because he's the seventh round guy that was playing at JMU a year ago. It's also not totally fair to hate on Terrence Steele because the guy's an undrafted free agent out of Texas Tech. You know what I mean? Like the guy, the guy never thought he'd have this much NFL experience, you know, by November of his rookie year. And so the Terrence Steele example, I blame the coaching staff for it is, it is borderline irresponsible to keep him out there. And, and yet they, they continue to do so. Well, I think that you got to help someone out like them, either keep a, you know, another tight end in and chip off the, you know, the outside edge rusher. I mean, to help them out a little bit. But the defense, the offensive line played better. I thought collectively the continuity was better. I mean, you got Zach mm-hmm. Martin back, and, you you know, again, they made reference of, like, look, what you're going to do is just run behind your best offensive lineman and just let him just plow the way for you. Um, but I, when you don't have a quarterback – and, look, I, I – you know, you have a tendency to – and you're making excuses for – for Ben DiNucci. And I, and look, sure. I think, you, you know, his, ex, his excuse is that he wasn't drafted and he had, doesn't have any experience, but dude, he was bad. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, I mean, he, if he's on a, he's on a roster, whether he's first team, third team, I mean, the dude's got to be able to make a throw and look, his eyes, you could tell, about, I mean, I looked at him out there, his eyes about to pop out. I mean, he was like, I mean, everything was like, Oh my God, I'm playing, playing against yeah. the Eagles on the road. So um, I, as far as the offensive line, RJ, you know, they did a lot better than I thought they would do. But here's the thing. It looks like it seems like this team especially. I mean, they cannot complement each other. I mm. mean, the defense plays well, and then the offense, you know, you got a third-string quarterback. So they have no production, no threat of scoring points. You know, Steve Zerline's your best, you know, weapon as far as scoring points in that game. So there's never any of this – consistency where everything can be, you know, on the same, on the same plane. I mean, they're all they're always struggling in the area. And obviously last night at the offense, the quarterback position was position was horrible. See, I don't disagree with you. I mean, obviously Ben DiNucci did not play well, I guess, I guess my, my whole point in that is I expected him to be bad. You know what I mean? Like, like he, he should be bad. He's a rookie seventh round pick. Terrence Steele should be bad. But should he be that bad? I mean, some of the throws, he, he could have had easily probably four or five interceptions. 
Oh, for sure. Again, I'm not disputing that Ben DiNucci is really bad. But what I'm saying is, you know who should not be bad? Mike McCarthy. You know who should not be bad? Kellen Moore. These these are people who, you know, if if we're kind of going off the law of averages, are more qualified for the jobs that they have than Ben DiNucci is for, for the job that he had last night or Monday or Sunday yeah, night. Yeah, but I mean, think about this, RJ. If you're one-dimensional on offense, think how easy that is for the defense. Sure. And look, I think, I think, as you mentioned, you know, Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy got to be creative and try to help the quarterback. I mean, out on, again, I mean, not throw. I mean, there's a couple of routes, like a nine route or comeback route. I mean, the guy was opening because they able to put the ball on it. But a slant route or something that's really high percentage throw, you know, even, you know, and, and to Kellen Moore, your point about him as a play caller, even not using Zeke or Tony Pollard out of the backfield to get away – to, you know, to spread the defense out just a little bit, to give them some space. You know, look, all the trick plays, that was great. I mean, I love the energy. I love watching. I'm like, damn, this is fun to watch. But ultimately, if you can't get in the end zone, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. To me, the Cowboys overall, like you, you can point out some good things. And that there were some, some good things in this game. Yeah, there was. Yeah, um, absolutely. But they're like – they're like a the cartoon, you know what I mean, of like somebody in a sinking boat and they're scooping water out of the boat that's that's taking on water and throwing it in the ocean. You know, it's just like an endless cycle. Ultimately, and, it's going to sink. <laughs> right, and and so and it's 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 their self induced decisions. I'll I'll go back to the Terrence Steele to to have to to completely decide to to play Terrence Steele again. I think is irresponsible. And so let's let's look at at, at a particular sequence early on in the game. Carson Wentz. Which, does, which player are you talking about? You're talking well, about the time the Nooch held the ball too long. And so he, and the he first the I first mean, fumble. And and let's consider what led to the fumble. First of all, the Cowboys defense generates a takeaway on the plus side of the field. Lo and behold, I mean, call call whoever you want and celebrate the good news. Pop the champagne because that was an extreme they rarity. Check that box but, off because yeah, that was but, amazing. Like, wow, they got – at that point, I'm thinking, this team got two takeaways? At that point, but, well, that was the first one. But. Shout, out, shout out to Donovan Wilson fighting Texas Aggie. By the way, Tony, no big deal. <laughs> Texas A&M in the mix for the college football playoff. At least I have that going on in Congrats. my life. I'm surprised you don't have your A&M shirt on today. Uh, you know, well, you do have your San Antonio Spurs on. People can't see this. And- yeah, it, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> but anyway, um, so Donovan Wilson generates a takeover. The, the, the most improbable thing has now happened if you're the Dallas Cowboys. And there were lots of tweets coming out in the moment. You have to score on this drive through the Cowboys. They were up three to nothing. They had to get a touchdown. They had to go for it on fourth down if it came to that. But Terrence Steele gets beat. Ben DiNucci fumbles the ball. And so you do all of this good and you get lucky, if you want to call it that, with with Donovan Wilson poking the ball loose. And then because of your own transgression of insisting that Terrence Steele be your starting right tackle, you 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 know you turn the ball over yourself and that's what I'm saying like that's the the throwing water out of the sink and boat thing like it, you can't you can't change one you can't change the problem right because the problem has has just been the defense right so how do we fix the defense okay you fix the defense a little bit they played better had a little bit more passion had a little bit more self respect on Sunday night good for them but you got to fix the right tackle situation you know what I'm saying it's it's a whole flow and and if you don't fix it all I mean you're just you're just chasing your tail and that's kind of what the Cowboys are doing here. Yeah, and I don't look, uh, and as I mentioned earlier, at the top of our podcast, it's not going to get any easier because they play the best defense in the National Football League. That'd be the Pittsburgh Steelers. But uh, I, I think that, you know, when you look at their offensive line, you know, I watched them play, and I, I thought they, they played harder. 
Okay. And, and look, I, that goes a long way. I mean, you're out, you're out there, you know, clawing and scratching and you're really trying to, to play and try to get nasty and angry. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that those, those, you know, two positions, I mean, that's really the, to be able to find a backup tackle in the national football league. I mean, that's, that's very difficult. And what we've seen here over the last you know few games is that, you know, they haven't scored a touchdown in what, two games now. And you know, if you're, defense is going to actually show up and you can't score one touchdown. You know, to me, it's one in this game, it's one possession. I mean, Carson Wentz was bad. I mean, oh, and I, and I made references on Twitter. I'm like, dude, this is a guy they paid a hundred million dollars. And some people argued that he was better than Dak Prescott. And this is the same guy. I mean, some of the plays he made, I mean, he made Danucci look like he was a, a veteran quarterback. I mean, he made the same stupid mistakes that, that, that the, the young kid did. So I'm, ha- I'm happy for Trayvon Diggs. Don't get me wrong, but, those are two awful balls by Carson. And even when he got hit, the, the first uh, the fumble when he the just Donovan Wilson out there, yeah, and, and he just let it almost looked like he let him just tattoo him in the chest. All right, okay, well I'm gonna fumble the ball. I mean, I'm like, is this what? I mean, if you're if you're, if you're Carson Wentz, won't you just freaking tuck it away or or throw the damn ball? It's just really weird. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. No, the the Leighton Van Der Esch fumble, the, the sack fumble that, that Van Der Esch had, that's just... he flew in like a piss missile. You know what I mean? And just shout just, out to Leighton Vanderest too. Right. Welcome back. Great to see him on the to- field making plays. Totally. That happens. You know what I mean? But the Donovan Wilson one, you're right. I mean, he's just holding that ball for who knows what reason. Um, <laughs> I do I do want to shift, Tony. And I I hate I, I said this on the postgame show too. And I hate just digging in on this. But uh well before I bring it up, let me ask you, and you don't have to name names if you don't want to. But in your career, either in college or in the NFL, was there ever a time where a dude got cut or a dude got benched and you said, holy crap, you know, like there, there's no there's no messing around here. Like if, if that guy can get cut or benched, like that can happen to me and I need to get my crap together. Um, I, th- I think there was a certain example set by coaches, but I don't it just depends on I think the quarterback position. I think you I, I remember in 91. Uh, when we went to the division uh, playoffs. Division Against playoffs, Detroit, right. And Steve Berline and Troy was coming back after an injury. And Jimmy went with Steve Berline. And that was a game we lost. Uh, we got blown out by by Detroit. That's the and Lions' that, last playoff win, by the way. Last time. I mean, that's freaking longer than the Cowboys have been in the Super Bowl. I mean, think about that. You think that you guys got problems? But anyway, um, <laughs> been a long-ass time ago. Um so I don't think that that was much controversy there. Um, I don't know because it, 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 I, the teams that I was on in Dallas, we really the, the examples they used were different players. But I mean, just to, what, what about like that, what about like Kervin Richards? 
You know what I mean? Like, like, is that an example? Like that's, that's one that people point to, like, don't fumble the ball, you know, and, and he goes and fumbles the ball again against Chicago and every, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think people, they, they hear those stories, right. And they say, you got, you gotta, you gotta have a sacrificial lamb. You, you got, you gotta scare everybody. And I think the Cowboys thought they were doing that last week when, when they traded Everson Griffin incidentally to the Detroit lions, and then they cut Dontari Poe and they cut Daryl Worley. Um, yeah, well, we didn't even talk about those two guys, those three guys. Right. I mean, guys that they wasted, you know, I mean, you look at Gerald McCoy is obviously different because he got injured, but they right. still end up having to pay him $3 million. And, and then the whole deal with Everson Griffin didn't work for whatever reason. And Don Terry Poe was just a overweight defensive lineman. This right. didn't do much at all. So, I mean, you had to cut the fat. And I think they – you know, not no pun intended, but you had to you had to get rid of some of that, and they did. And and I, I think that maybe that's a message sent because a lot of people, to your to your point, are seeing that and think, you know what, I better play harder, or I'm gone also. So I, sure. I, I think there's a lot of validity to that uh, because you have to send a message. But when you're playing as bad as the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, and I said this, I said, you know, there's only one guy on that team I would not, would, would not be on the trading market. And that would be, you know, Dak Prescott, who's right. not even playing. And, you know, other guys like, see, I mean, there's, play, but realistically, you know, that's just a metaphor to like sure. all, all your damn, uh, everyone on this team, your job is not secure. So you better go out there and start playing. Sure. And I, I do think that that message of accountability was somewhat received. And, and the reason I asked you is because I'm sure there were times, and again, I, you know, I don't want you to name names, but there were times where dudes got cut and you were like, well, duh, he got cut. You know, like we all knew. Well, that I mean, guy John Roper, cut. I remember he got cut. I don't know if you know the story. He, they traded for him. I think it was a free agent of trading from Chicago. You know, he was dumb enough to fall asleep in a, in a special teams meeting next to Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> I mean, how's how stupid is that? Well, you know, it, Jimmy knocked, tapped him on the shoulder and said, you know what, John, go in there and pack your stuff up and get the hell out of here. And he cut him about an hour later. So the dude fell asleep during it. True story. And and that's, again, you're you're Tony Casillas. You're in there. You're saying, you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to fall asleep in the meeting. And Look, I make sure that I don't sit next <laughs> to the head coach, especially right. Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> but, but so like my, my point here is, and again, I don't want to like bag on, on Don Terry Poe or Daryl Worley or Everson Griffin, but, but moving those guys to me, doesn't like, like nope, nobody is shocked that they cut Daryl Worley. You know what I mean? Like that was so really, you don't I'm, think there really is a message sent because those guys had to go anyway. Right. And Cause so, they, cause they were, they were not doing, they weren't doing anything. They're right. Like performing, that, so they're just, you know, they need to need to go. Right. Like, again, it's, it's like, wow, you, you know, again, this is diff a different thing, but you fell asleep next to the head coach. Duh. That was a bad idea. So you played really bad. If you're Daryl Worley or Don Terry Poe or Everson Griffin, you were going to go. And so my, my point is, but you know I, what? And the thing I also asked Jimmy, if that would have been, if that would have been, uh, oh, oh yeah. Oh. Eight, money, he said, Hey, I'll, I'll, you know, well, that's, you, uh, did you wake up please. And, I'll get you a pillow next time or something like that. Well, I mean, that's, so, you know, it just depends on who it is too. That, that's like, uh, I think it was also against Detroit. You can correct me if I'm wrong. When, when Michael Irvin was late and Jimmy benched him, like you're, you're not starting, you know what I mean? Well, and, they and, left, they left Michael Irvin's ass one time. Right. He, but, yeah. but then he didn't, he didn't start, he didn't come out for the first series, but then, then he came out because Jim, yeah. Jimmy wasn't going to not play Michael Irvin. And so right. that, that's my point is if you're really good, it, 
everybody understands why you have a longer leash. That's indisputable. And so my, the point that I took a long way to get to is that Jalen Smith has an incredibly long leash with the Cowboys. And Tony, I mean, he might be the worst starter on the team. And I, again, I hate just like bringing it up. Because yeah, he's one of the guys we pick on a lot. And, but but he's, and, he's playing so badly. And, yeah, and I, I'm trying to think of what play it was, RJ. Was it uh, – I think it was the, the, the play they scored on or it was down around the end zone. I think it was in the third quarter, I'm trying to think. And Jalen was lost in, in space. He, I mean, they, several the guy times. actually ran – I'm trying to think of which what play it, it was. was but. It was before Carson Wentz connected with Travis Fulgham and Carson Wentz scrambled out to his left. Yeah, and, and, and Jalen was looking ran down away from field him. to cover someone. I'm like, dude, the guy's right in front of you. Well, not, not only – and I, I will – I'm going to assume – I'm going to give Jalen the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to assume that he's thinking, let me go cover because Carson, Carson can throw this ball. Yeah. But right. but at that point, Carson's past the line of scrimmage. And so th- those, are the, my, yeah. those are the things. And, and so that's what I'm saying. Like, if if I am whoever, like, make, like if I'm on the Cowboys defense and you're telling me, man, watch out. We, we'll, we'll cut anybody. We cut Daryl Worley. And then I'm thinking, dude, you're out here starting Jalen Smith every week. Like, don't 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 tell me that we all have to be accountable when you're letting this dude. The Cowboys, Tony, they got really good defensive performances on Sunday night from Demarcus Lawrence, from Leighton Vander Esch, from Trayvon Diggs. I thought Randy Gregory played well. Like, you agree with all of that, right? And Jalen is by himself weighing that down. And so either you're keeping him out there to, to, to make them bad so you can tank and you can lose and you can get a top draft pick, or you are catering to him specifically because he's your, he's your face of the franchise linebacker, which is getting annoying. And they paid him a lot of money, and I think there'll be some decisions made next, next offseason, whether he's going to be here or not, because uh, he has definitely regressed since he's, he's been paid the money. And, and I don't know, they, they, they kind of tinkered with his position. They moved him to the weak side where he could cover more, back in the inside. And I think that he, again, he, he's one of these guys that has so much damn energy that it gets the best of him. It really it, it hinders his ability to just see everything Calm down. Look at the coverage. The guy in front of me, and just stop. You know, be spastic. You know, yeah. he just like almost spasm. And I'm not. And I hate to sit here and just pick on. No, him, I know. Man, I mean, it's, but it's just it's so blatantly you you can you see that. And when he that play, I mean, it's almost like he's seeing things, seeing ghosts of uh, you know an offense. I to me, and I think this is a common thought on Jalen. I don't think that he has the instincts or the football uh, savvy that say Leighton Vanderesh does. Mm-hmm. He he is a one one direction you know beast. He's balls yeah. out, man. Yeah, like, and, okay, and, I'm, and, I'm gonna give me a straight line. Right. and I'm gonna, I'll hit the straight line. And, and if he's right, okay, you know there yeah. there can be something special. He's gonna there. blow something up. Yeah. Right, but but if he's wrong, which is generally the case, he's just over pursuing on the on the first touchdown where where Carson Wentz found Jalen Rager. Jalen bit on that fake, you know, more than anybody. And you know what I'm saying? Like, and so I just. Well, Chris Collinsworth, by the way, he loves him some Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah. He loves him some Jalen Smith. I mean, I don't know, but I don't know how many games he's done this year. Is this the second game he's this done? This is the second game that the Cowboys yeah. have been on Sunday Night Football. And hey, look, I, I think that's great. And they, for and they got interceptions on both of them, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so. But, you know, Demarcus Lawrence, he's playing. Yeah, he, he has a lot of effort, but. And then also, you know, the, the stars are finally make, earning the money. Well, yeah, that's consistently what you're supposed to do. But, yeah, I just thought 
that was my uh, take from from that with, with Chris Collinsworth. I just think if I was Mike Nolan, okay, like you, you just just yes or no. Mike Nolan's future with the Cowboys is is riding on the rest of the season. Yes, we both agree, right? Okay. So yeah. If I, if I was Mike Nolan and I knew that to be the case, like he surely does, and I was the the joke with the Tabasco that he, you know, he's been whatever. And if I'm Mike Nolan and I'm finally getting something out, something legitimate out of Demarcus Lawrence, because I think D. Loss played okay. He certainly played better than most throughout the whole season. I finally got something legitimate at Leighton Vanish. I finally had Sean Lee back on the field, albeit for limited action. I finally am starting to get some stuff from Randy Gregory. I'm finally getting turnovers from Trayvon Diggs. I just, if I knew my ass was on the line, I would not throw Jalen Smith out there. I, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a fool's errand at this point. Yeah, but to, to his defense, and I, I, there was a play during the game which they got gashed for about 10 yards. And as a defensive lineman, you kind of see that, especially in the interior part. You know, Tyron Crawford, I mean, he oh, looks very light. He, lo- he, lo- he looks very light. Like, I mean, he's lined up in a three technique, outside shoulder of the guard. He's supposed to – play this, you know, this dual block and, you know, he's got anchored down. Yeah. He, there was one point where he just got plowed eight yards. He got, he got knocked out of the frame of mm-hmm. you know, the pitcher. And then I don't know who was playing the one, the two technique over the guard or inside. I don't know if it was the Neville Gallimore. I don't know who it was, but he just got freaking just walk, just got pushed back into the second level to the linebackers defense, whatever technique those defensive linemen are, are playing they have got to, you know, stand the ground, sure. the stand the line of scrimmage, or that's going to happen, get to the second level. And so those, you know, if I'm a linebacker, I'm like, like I'm yelling at those dudes, man, in the huddle the next play. Like, your ass better, you know, protect me or at least play on the line of scrimmage. The problem is, is I think, you know, this we all criticize Rod Marinelli and Chris Richard's defense. You know, Chris Richard was supposedly the co-defense coordinator. But at least the guys got upfield. And now I see Tyron Crawford, which to me, he's more of a defensive end. I mean, mm-hmm. he does not he doesn't have the weight. I mean, he those big dudes inside, he gets knocked off the ball. But to me, I think those guys need to go upfield more and just really just either slant, get penetration, and play on that side of the ball because the way they're playing now, that's why you're seeing all this bubble and this push into the second level with linebackers, man, they're all wadded up. Tyrone Crawford is really bad, and I don't, I don't want to distract from that. But, but I just Tyron, think he's out of position. Well, RJ. and but, but that's, I really, I, he's, they're asking him to play that dog position. He just doesn't have the weight to do it. I don't want to at all take responsibility away from Tyrone Crawford because I agree with you. He, he deserves it. Um, but he's another example of of coaching miscues because. Early on, too. but he did, but, but early on in Tyron's career was, okay, is he a defensive tackle? Is he a defense? You know what I mean? Like they have yeah. played with that dude so much and, and that's unfair to him, but you're right. I mean, ultimately he's responsible. Tyron well, when Crawford, he missed on Don Terry Poe and then Gerald McCoy got injured and, and, then and Neville Gallimore, Neville and Gallimore Tristan Hill got ready. injured. Yeah. Tristan Hill. I forgot. It. Yeah. So that's a great point. I for, Everyone forgot it. Tristan Hill, up till up up until he got injured, he was the best was tackle like on the one team. One of those top four players that Chris Collinsworth mentioned oh. last night. I'm like, who are the other three? He's saying Trayvon Diggs is like the fourth best player on this team. Well, it's, top four. Who's it was funny. It was RJ, funny. Who's the other three top players on this the, team? The top four defenders <laughs> on the Cowboys are. It DeMar- sounded like this was on the whole team. Well, if 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 you may pick top the four the top four defenders, it would be Demarcus Lawrence. Um, Alden Smith, 
Trayvon Diggs now and maybe, Rand, and maybe Randy Gregory. That's that's it. That's, that's last night. Fault. I mean, that was Randy Gregory's first game back. Dude, no, it's second game back. Okay, second I'm game sorry, back. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's been bad. And so, but again, that's like Tyrone Crawford is bad. Jalen Smith is bad. Xavier Woods is bad. And a lot of, again, the Cowboys have a lot of injuries. And I agree with you. Not everything is is everyone's fault in that moment. Like not everything is Jalen's fault. But even if you even if you took away the things that weren't, you know, Jalen's fault, there's still enough of a reason to make a change. You know, and, sometimes and, you got to be a football player. You got to play off instincts because not everything's perfect. If you're out there and everything's going to be perfect, then you're not going to be you're not going to succeed because there's times when you have to play off instincts. You know, sometimes you just got to be a dog. You got to blow stuff up and get off mm -hmm. a block and not get swallowed up. You know, and I see a lot of that. I see a lot of catching on the defensive line. I, I see the linebackers just not filling their gaps. Most of the time when you go back and look at some of the some of the, the plays that they make, especially, you know, when they're playing against the run. Sure. It's all about gap control. They're out of place. And that to me, that's the easiest thing to fix. Right. They just a lot of it is is the want, right? Like, like you freelancing said, and like, okay, I'm gonna do I'm gonna go around a block, I'm gonna do what I right. you know, I think is easier. No, but and, whatever's but, easier usually ends up and, being and you just said not it the though. right thing. You just said it. Whatever's easier. And that's who although I'll give him a lot of credit because a lot of Cowboys defenders really, really put in some work on Sunday night in Philadelphia. Yeah, I was but, impressed. But, I'll give but, him props. But for the most part, they have been a path of least resistance group. What's what's the easiest way to get it done? Can, how can I copy paste my homework? You know, that's who the Cowboys defense has been. And, but, and that's why I think a lot of people are, are that much more frustrated with Jalen Smith because you got, you got legitimate performances from all these guys who've been just crap all the way till now. And Jalen is still there weighing it down but that being I mean and I mean again I, I'm not trying to pick on him either but but Carson Wentz is legitimately among the worst quarterbacks in the NFL and so <laughs> I, I didn't realize how bad he's gotten man that, oh dude I mean, I'm he, like he's really it's almost good. it's almost time for your sooner you know what I mean so um yeah I thought but, we'll just keep Jalen Hurts in there I mean damn I mean <laughs> but so I I mean, a lot, you know, the Cowboys are a get-right team for a lot of people. The Eagles' offense is a bit of a get-right group for some defenses. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how the Cowboys play against Pittsburgh. They're going to get smoked. Tony, I do want to quickly roll through. Um, we did this exercise two years ago when the Cowboys had just traded for Amari Cooper. We went through the next, like, five games. We said, there's no way they're going to win a single one of these. They yeah. went 5-0. Oh. We looked really dumb. Yeah. Uh, but so the Cowboys are 2-6. and six. Briefly, uh, I want you to tell me whether they win or lose these next games. So their next game is Pittsburgh on Sunday. Loss. Two and seven. Then they're on their bye. They travel to Minnesota the week after, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, the Vikings that just beat the Packers at Lambeau Field. Uh, lose. Two and eight. Four <laughs> days later on Thanksgiving, while you've got all that tryptophan in your system, they host the Washington <laughs> football team. I might uh, be asleep. <laughs> yeah. Win or lose against Washington. Uh, that's a toss-up. I, well, I think they they may win that one. I don't know. Dwayne Haskins, I saw he's, they're trying to trade him. Let's I don't be know. generous. I mean, that, that defensive front was was I mean, they were I don't, atrocious. I and would the offensive line was atrocious. So I don't I, know, man. I don't think they win that game personally. How about can I go tie? Okay, well let's let's call it a loss. Let's, let's go, go loss. Let's, huh? let's admit 
that puts him at two and nine. Seven. I mean, can you pick this team to win another game? And no, that, realistically. And, and that's what I'm saying. Seven yeah. days after that, they're in Baltimore. After that, they go to Cincinnati, the, oh. the Bengals that just beat the Titans. Then they come home and Joe host. Joe the... pretty good. He's the real deal, man. Right. Then, then they host the Niners, who certainly have some offensive issues, but are very, very well coached. I mean, I think we would all take the that's Niners. That's another loss. Then they host the Eagles, who just beat them. And then in, in week 17, they, they travel to take on the Giants. And it would be so Cowboys, Tony, of them to not win a single game between now and then. And, and like, just let me paint this picture. And, like, a, a loss to the Giants gets them, like, the second overall pick. But a win against the Giants pushes that back to, like, the fifth overall pick. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would be incredibly Cowboys to mess that up. Yeah, I think at that point you just got to tank and like we're going to try to get the best draft pick in this in the, up, the upcoming draft and yeah, and then look at the other, the flip side of that. Look at Philly, their schedule. I mean, it's you, hard too. I mean, you see that stat last night with all the, the the amount of wins in in the NFC East at this point. I mean, it's never been done. I mean, I saw that the standings. I'm like, man, that is pathetic. I mean, you know, the, the one loss, you know, one win, two wins, two wins. I mean, it's just Horrible. And so look at the other scenario, RJ. What happens if the Cowboys win another division game? And the Eagles, man, again, they got a tough schedule. What happens if they come down to like week 15 and 16 or 16 and 17? And are they going to win the last game of the season to beat the Giants and end up tying for the NFC East title? I mean, how about that? I honestly would place higher odds in Washington's chances at this point. Because, like, if if you, if I asked you – remember a few years ago we we picked, like, the offensive line of the NFC. So we went through the whole – you know, mm-hmm. we built, like, a yeah. best team. Right. If you had to pick the, the best position group throughout the entire division, to me, it's Washington's defensive line. Oh, absolutely. That, that, that's, and, and so that's what I'm saying. Like, they have that. And so they might be really bad too. I mean, they, they certainly are, but they get to play the Cowboys again. You know, like, like they, they can get to six or seven wins themselves. So right now you're going to think we're so based on what we just, you mentioned with the remaining part of the schedule, how many, how many toss ups did we give for them to win? Not too many, right? Maybe the, maybe, the Reds maybe Washington and New York. That's it. That's, that's so it. three and 13, maybe two and trying to do the math, two and 14. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 the odds of them winning another game, that's what I want to know. What are the odds of them, the over and under on that, them winning another game? The they're astronomical. And, and they're going to get their tails whipped by the Steelers. The la- uh, the, the, they're the last undefeated team in the NFL. Uh, but, but, Tony, but. That is a damn good football team right there. That Baltimore. Oh, yeah. and, we, and I texted you over the weekend. I was like, it's, these games this weekend have been amazing. That that Pittsburgh-Baltimore game was great. The Denver-Chargers game ended up being the, really the good. The New Orleans game the, was the a New great Orleans game. The New Orleans game was, it was, a, yeah. it was a fun Sunday. Yeah. But, Tony, the good news is that one more Dallas Cowboys game, however bad it's going to be, is all that separates us from the Masters. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, no, I forgot. After, yeah, it's something we get to look forward to this weekend, yeah. right? Uh, next weekend. That's what oh, I'm saying. Week. Like, I'm sorry. That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. When the Cowboys are, are off and they can't hurt us in week 10, we get to watch the Masters. And yeah. So that that will make things a little bit better. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, who is who is the best player on the Cowboys? That's my last question for you. Trayvon Diggs? I would say Zach Martin. But, I mean. Oh, Zach Martin. Yeah. Right. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I mean, I, after that, though. I mean, forget about that. But then you. I mean. 
Trayvon is up there. Oh, yeah, and, and look, I think you also associate that with the success that the offense has had, and it hasn't been very good. And, and that's the thing about the game of football. You know, it's a team concept. There's, it's moving parts. There's so many instruments, you know, it, you know, things that have to happen for them to work. And when your damn quarterback is, man, I don't even know if he could play in the XFL. Is that bad? Mm. Um, God bless him. I mean, I still think he needs to get some criticism. Yeah, oh, he, sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to protect him from anything. I agree. But I mean, everyone wants to give him a hall pass. And look, I, I feel sorry for the dude. But hey, look, that's what he signed up for, man. I mean, I don't think it, I mean, I, I could just think about think about him. His eyes were just wide open then. And we saw the unraveling. But then think about him and think about that the whole week that he's going to be starting his first NFL game. Seventh round draft pick from James Madison. By the way, that's a uh, uh, Charles Haley on the model. That's right. You know, so, <laughs> I'm sure he was like, I, that would have been something to be seeing him watching the game and him going off at his old alum. But so anyways, I think that that's what you sign up for. Hey, regardless, your quarterback, you got to go out there and make plays, but gosh, he just, he just looked like he is not even close to being ready to play quarterback in the national football league. Well, Tony, the Dallas Cowboys are two and six. The season is halfway over. Yeah, um, how do we get here? We'll see. Brother, man, what? It's been a long time, man. Two oh. months ago, we were like, oh, we're starting football. The oh, Cowboys. yeah. Two man, months ago, let's go. life was good, but everything is broken. Everything is bad. Eight uh, weeks later. It, it will get worse on Sunday. Hello, you, Masters. You will hear from Tony <laughs> on the pregame show that we do here on the Blog of the Boys Podcast Network. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Make sure to check out the Tony Casillas show. Tony's a busy man. He's hustling and bustling. What you got going on the TC show this week, Tony? Uh, you know what? I, we were interviewing. I did a great interview with Mike Ducey, local broadcaster. Right here. on. And, uh, the legend. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a friend of mine. I've worked with him over the years. But, you know, it's interesting because you get the perspective of him having to report the news every night. And just to his perspective of when the pandemic hit, mm -hmm. you remember no sports. I mean, no, nothing to talk about. I mean, you're in, you've been in the business. So life without sports and that's your job. So it's pretty interesting. You know, Mike's a, a very funny dude, man. He's kind of laid back and, you know, he's kind of a cool dude. That, but his personality is far, goes far beyond his really, I guess, his on-air TV personality. So it's pretty good. And then uh, we get into a lot of different things. It's a lot of fun, man. Cool. Well, looking forward to checking it out. Everybody check blog, out the guy. Tony Casillas show. Uh, Tony, we'll chat with you later on in the week. Everybody, thanks for listening. We will see you Can next week. Can I do week. my prediction now? No, uh, <laughs> no, no. We got to save it because it's, it's going to be bad. So uh, you'll hear it on Saturday. Thanks for listening, everybody. This was the 750.